Hey everybody, welcome to episode 22 of the R&R Show, and welcome to my co-host, Ruel Gaviola. Hey Ruel, how you doing? Good, how are you my friend? I am doing A-OK. Um, right. 2022 is upon us, and it's a total coincidence that we happen to have our 22nd episode as the first episode of this new year. You'd almost think I was so I brilliant that it. I planned it out, but that is, I wish I could claim that. Yeah, I in in my mind you did. Uh, you're you're brilliant in everything you do, and I will say that you planned it. But anyways, happy New Year! Hope you had a great holiday season, uh, Rado, and I hope everyone watching did as well. Yes, um, I am excited about uh, this episode. We are going to be talking about our top ten upcoming uh, crowdfunding games, uh, crowdfunding games on Kickstarter and and or uh, GameFound. Um, I don't know what it is. I think it's maybe just because the holidays are over now and like we're getting into the new year. It's like, okay, now all this fresh newness now. I'm like, I'm ready for it, you know? Well, that is the nature of the industry. I mean, the month of December is always a dead zone for Kickstarter stuff uh, yeah. when it boils right down to it uh, because everybody's got other things they want to spend their money on. They're not going to back a game that they won't see for two years. That doesn't make for very good gift giving. And then to make yeah. up for it, there is an explosion of stuff in January, uh, you know, pent up from November and December that everybody wants to rush on Kickstarter. And so we've got 10 that we're very excited about. And we actually have a bunch more we want to talk about as well. The the ones that are going to be covered by the channel. Because uh, I, myself, Shay, and Ruel occasionally do previews of upcoming Kickstarter games. So we'll list all of those. Then we'll talk about 10 more that won't be covered by the channel, but that we're very, very excited about. But before we get to any of that, we have some business to take care of, don't we? Yes. So first, uh, first item of business here is free games contest, yes, right? Free games. Yes. Love free games. So, uh, during this episode, folks, we are, one of us is going to say a magic word or a secret word. And during that time, when you hear that word, you want to make note of the game that we're talking about at the time, and then send that to, uh, in an email to contest at rotto.com. And you'll be entered to win a copy of, Oh, I should have Evolution. been smooth and ready for that. A copy of Evolution New World. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited about, about this? this. I'm not going to talk about it right now because I'm about okay. to talk about it in, I mentioned that list of games that's going to be covered on the channel. I'll have a run Got through it. for this coming soon. So I'll talk about it. But this is going to be going on Kickstarter in January. And uh, the folks at Crowd, uh, the publisher, have uh, set aside one copy for one lucky winner, uh, viewer, of this show. But, Ruel, um, they, as you said, have to listen. Or did you explain the secret word? Did you say that? The sec- I did not say the exact uh, word. So the secret word for us, we're going to give you the secret word right now. Yes. It's cage. C-A-G-E. As in, you know, a cage or, you know, our favorite actor of all time, Nicolas Cage. Listen for cage. One of us is going to say it. And then whatever game we're talking about, enter that uh, game title into uh, an email uh, at rotto.com and you will be entered to win your very own copy of Evolution New World. Exactly. Very, very exciting. Um, You cannot cage these animals. Let me tell you that right now. (laughs) Um, And folks... (laughs) That was not the instance of the secret world. I, I know right. we were talking about a game when I just said cage, but no, 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 no. You have to wait until the top ten. One of our ten <laughs> games, we will. One of us will say the word cage. That's the game that you have to put as the subject of the email you send to contestatraw.com. Let me put that on screen one more time, and uh, that's how it goes. There will be one lucky winner. We will um, use the wheel of names to pick that winner on January 11th 
at noon. So you basically have until January 11th at 11 a.m. Pacific time to figure out who said Cage and what game was it when they said it and send that to contestatrao.com. Right. Okay. Yes. Th- th- right. Okay. Did, did I get that? Okay. Cool, yeah, cool, cool. Perfect. Well, then you know what, Ruel? We haven't done this for a while, but you might be wondering, hey, what's going on? Is there anything... Uh, yeah, you have this nice little table there with all kinds of goodies. What game do you have in front of you, my Well, friend? Grell, this is, a, this is a topic we have not done this, I think, for over a month. We used to do it quite a yeah. bit. Um, this is Free Radicals. And this is the... Oh, I forgot to put on the screen. We are in the What's on Rado's Table segment of the show. It's Free Radical. And, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Uh, this is a competitive... I guess I'm going to say competitive Euro, but it's 10 games in one. Because when you set up to play, you could play as the executives, or the artisans, or the, uh, the, you know, the underground, or the hoteliers, or the merchants. There's 10 different factions, and each faction is playing a radically different game. If you're playing as the executives, you're playing a Moncala game, kind of like a lighter version of Trajan. If you're playing the merchants, you're playing an engine-building goods conversion game. If you are playing the couriers, you are playing a pick-up-and-deliver game. If you're playing as the adventurers, you are playing a VR exploration and adventure-style game. What else is there? Oh, uh, if you are playing the hoteliers, you're playing four copies of Tetris at once. So, everybody is playing their own completely unique game uh, every time you play. And the beautiful thing about the game is it does such a great job of making it easy. There have been other games like this, but I know they're always terrifying for people like, ah, how do I have to teach all these games? When you're setting up the game um, and you give somebody the hoteliers, you give them this. There's a really wonderful summary of everything the hoteliers has to do. Oh, this is for the adventurers. All right. If somebody's playing the executives, you hand them this. It tells you how to set up. It literally gives you strategy tips. And then it just has a very quick thing that walks through all the core actions. And um, and you're playing them on call game immediately. This is wonderful. And what I love about it more than the asymmetry is the fact that this is a game that highlights a bright and vibrant future world for us to live in. It's not a dystopia. It's a utopia where everybody's needs are being met and everybody has the option to pursue whatever their life's goals are. And so I love the bright, vibrant, colorful. It isn't a gray, grim, perpetually rain-soaked world like, uh, you know, cyberpunk Blade Runner stuff. This is a vibrant, yeah. happy world. And that um, that almost kumbaya nature of everybody um, you know, you know, pursuing their own goals. In this game, you don't pursue your own goals at the expense of others like you do in our world and in most board games. You work with other players. Even though it's competitive, one of the main source of points in this game is by helping your opponents. And every faction has their own way to help each other. I am smitten with this game, Ruel. And so that's why I filmed it yesterday... And I thought, oh, I want to talk about it some more because I just can't stop talking about it. So I left it on the uh, table today. So, uh, it, yeah, that's yeah. what's going on. Okay. That looks amazing. And I yes. remember you talking about this a few months ago. And, you know, when you highlighted the asymmetrical, you know, um, players and everything, I was like, okay, this looks interesting. But actually seeing it on the table and like knowing that there's, you know, all these different ways to play, you know, you got to pick up and deliver, you have the, um, uh, the Tetris uh, thing, and you have the engine building. Like that looks so fascinating to me, and the theme as well is yeah. really, really cool. Like as you're saying, not a dystopia, but a utopia. Exactly. So, um, More I'm of that. that. Yeah. Um, entertainment industry. 
I mean, I, I know it's easy to fall into the, oh, everything's terrible and awful these days, but how about yeah. a ray of sunshine every once in a while? How about a, a beacon right? of hope and optimism? And that's what Free Radicals is. So, yay. Nice. Um, okay, anyway, though. So, we are now going to do what we came here to do. Talk about 10 upcoming uh, crowdfunding games on Kickstarter and GameFound. Before we get to yeah. our top 10 countdown, though, I did say right up front that we have to talk about all the ones the channel is going to be covering, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did explain that? Okay, then. Let me go on ahead over here, and let's talk briefly about Astronauts. I'm very excited about this. This is going to be going live at the end of... Uh, at the end of January. I'll be doing a run-through for it. This is a streamlined sci-fi version of Aeon's End, which is one of my favorite cooperative card games of all time. Maybe my favorite And I really look forward to giving uh, Astro Knights a go because it simplifies and streamlines the game, makes it much quicker to set up, and does some very, very cool new... I think, fairly revolutionary twists to the market economy that we are so commonly associated with uh, Dominion. It really kind of turns out on its ear. So I'm excited about that one. And awesome. uh, let's see. All these are in alphabetical order, by the way. We then have Colab, another one I'm going to be covering this month. Uh, this is players are mad scientists trying to create creatures in a lab. It's got really, really cool miniatures and cool dice. I think it's a dice drafting, dice worker placement game. It's got a real sense of whimsy to the art and all of that. But what really made me interested in this game, uh, that made me say, yeah, I'd be interested in covering it, is in the description. It's not the components. It's not the setting. Colab employs a series of take this mechanics instead of take that. Oh. Where players provide resources, minions, and other opportunities to their opponents in exchange for resources or points. Yes! We can all compete. We can all try to you know, uh, you know, yeah. pursue our goals the best without trying to hurt each other. We can help each other. We can all collab in our labs. And so I'm very, very excited about this. Uh, I think this one goes live Ooh. in either the second or the third week of the month. Um, so look forward to seeing that coming soon. Then there is... Oops. Now I've got to scroll through all these pictures. I did not think of that. Then we move on to... Uh, Dunhuang. A Pearl on the Silk Road. I believe Shay is covering this one, if I recall correctly. It um, is a very, very ambitious game where players are landlords on the Silk Road, um, seeing artisans coming and going and trying to sponsor the development of uh, you know art artworks, if I recall correctly. It has really gorgeous art. It looks like a very big um, you know and and heavy euro you know, kind of stuff that we love, and uh, it's from a. Uh, 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 Jing Studio and designer Wu Shuang. So I don't know either of them, but I really do like the idea of of Asian developers kind of taking yep. back their um, you know their heritage and instead of having you know, all the the French and German designers making all these games Agreed. about Silk Road, how about people whose it's actually part of their heritage get to do a game about Agreed. that? So I think that's really exciting too. Awesome. Yes. Okay. Um, then there is Evolution New World. I just mentioned this. Aha. I've already done the run-through. The run-through will be going live when this goes live. It's so exciting. Evolution, as a, uh, as a game that originally came out, I think, in 2014, it's gone through many, many literal evolutions because it's gone through several different versions. This is like the third edition, and it's by far... I've played all of the spin-offs and the alternate versions of Evolution so far. I think this is the best it's ever been. It's a game where players are trying to develop their own prehistoric species through the evolution, and it's always been... My problem with it has always been it's a very dog-eat-dog -dog game. I'm trying to evolve to survive. Well, the elements or 
survive Ruel, who's involving all these carnivores who are trying to eat all my nice, peaceful critters. Maybe I have to strike before he strikes me. It's always been very doggy dog. The reason, more than anything else, I'm so excited about New World is for the first time in a decade of the existence of this game, there is now solo and co-op play available. And ah, that makes okay. me so happy that I can yeah. actually enjoy this wonderful... I mean, this game is on par with A Race for the Galaxy in terms of the card management and, and all the combo stuff you can do. But finally, Jen and I can enjoy this because we're not constantly trying to devour each other. So, really looking yeah. forward to that one. And one lucky winner of this ep- watcher of this episode of the show will win a copy of this um, when somebody says the secret word. Then we've got um, uh, Jian Yang, Life of Gentry. Uh, from designer uh, Duju Wai and Mo Ideas Game Design. I'm going to be covering this one. Again, I'm very excited about it. Another very big, meaty, heavy, complex Euro with tons and tons of combo strings and move, or, you know, actions and reactions. Looks very, very cool. Haven't played yet, but very excited. You'll be seeing that one this month as well. And we're almost done, folks. There's so much. I said, January is crazy. Puzzle Strike 2 from David Serlin. This is a sequel to Puzzle Strike. This is basically a candy crush turned into a board game. And I heard the original Puzzle Strike was very good, and I I look forward to... uh, This is one of the few times that Jen and I can actually enjoy like trying to punch each other, when it's just like, oh, look, I made a row, and I'm sending some junk over your way. That doesn't really bother us so much when it's so abstracted. Plus, we play these kinds of games for so many years. And so looking forward to that and Board Game Forward. Hey, I'll shut up for a second, because we've got Skate Summer. Look at this. Skate Summer. Folks, I'll be doing this one here on the channel um, later this month. And uh, this is from Panasaurus Games. It's If you're into skateboarding, that whole culture and stuff, this is uh, going to be uh, right up your, your alley here. Um, I just got the prototype recently, and I'm getting ready to uh, learn learn it thoroughly and get ready for the uh, playthrough. So that's Skate Summer from uh, Panasaurus Games. Yeah, you'll be doing a live stream of it, if I recall, yes. this month when We're the gonna... Kickstarter goes live. So folks yep. can watch. Live without a net, folks. Yes. It's going to be a blast. <laughs> I'm sure you'll pull all the ollies. Or Ollie's are a uh, Ollie, Oh, yeah. Ollie's. Yes. And yeah. Very wow. You have an Ollie reference. I love it. I'm going to be, uh, I'll have to study my Tony Hawk reference. Indeed. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You're going to have to bone up on that, um, you know, to get all yeah. the hip references in when you cover skate stuff. Yes. And I think um, yeah. we've got um, one more. Shay is also going to be covering Sky Tear Horde, which is a uh, tower defense cooperative game trying to hold off hordes of bad guys. It's card driven gameplay. You can play it solo or co op. And I think the reason most people are interested in it because it says if you like card battlers like Hearthstone, or Keyforge, you will find yourself at home here. So uh, I think that is going to uh, be very interesting for a lot of folks. So Shay's going to be covering uh, that one and uh, in this month as well. It's going to be okay. a good month. Wow. This oh, is it's it's going to be a big, big month. So that yeah. was that. And now, at long last, we can actually start <laughs> talking about our top 10. These are other games, again, that we are very, very interested in that aren't going to be covered by the channel. Although, who knows? Things change. You know, so, you know, maybe uh, oh, somewhere yeah. down their line. I mean, maybe after the publishers see how excited we are about this, maybe they'll contact me. Maybe you'd like to cover the game. Dropping hints. Um, so, uh, yeah. Anyway, I think you're you're kicking us off. Is that correct, Ruel? Yeah, I'm going to kick us off with my number 10. Okay. Uh, let me... Get this in the queue here. Right. Uh, my number 10, uh, top 10 upcoming crowdfunding games, folks, is... Um, is it on the... There it is. There Library it is. Labyrinth. Library yeah. Labyrinth. I am really excited about this um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think it's just such a cool theme. So this is a cooperative game set in a library for one of five players. And the library is actually, so your characters that you're playing are from the books in the library. Mm. And you're fighting monsters from the books in the library. So 
if you're walking, it's a dungeon crawl, and you're walking around Dracula, or maybe, you know, the robots from the War of the Worlds will show up from the books, and then you take your characters and fight them and try to defeat them, and the characters are fictional and non, uh, uh, some fictional and historical characters, so you could be fighting as, like, um, Harriet Tubman, whose, like, <laughs> ability is courage, or um, is it Ada Lovelace, uh, the uh, mathematician, whose um, uh, abilities include science, coding, and logic. I mean, it's such a cool way to, I think, uh, go into a game uh, theme-wise. And what's the other reason why I'm super excited about this is the team behind it. So this is a uh, team based in the UK, and it's a group of women uh, from a different mix Mm. of backgrounds and experiences. So it's going to take, you know, the typical dungeon crawl game experience, but it's going to put a new twist on it just from the fact that these are not your, you know, typical designers, you know, and I think it's a really cool thing to see uh, to bring this game into life. I, I'm really excited about this. I think it's such a cool, you know, a way, um, uh, just the theme alone, right? I mean, you're in a library, books full of monsters, and then you have your books full of characters that can defeat these monsters. So uh, that's my number 10, Library Labyrinth. No, that is very cool. And I have to admit, I don't think I've heard of that. I, I, yeah. I mean, folks, for folks who don't know, um, the way we make this list is we go on the Game Found page and we go on the uh, Kickstarter page, and there's uh, links so you can say stuff that's coming soon. And we just look through trying to find uh, uh, projects that have made a uh, coming soon page that you can go to, click on the link, and you'll get notified when the project is going to launch. So, I, I mean, and there's like on Kickstarter, there's like five or six hundred of them. It takes, yeah, I don't know how long it takes cool. you. It takes me a few hours to do this. And I'm really impressed. It, it, that sounds a, really cool. And I totally missed it. Doesn't it though? Yeah, it took me a while. I, I dug deep for this one. And uh, they're, I think they're going on GameFound. Um, is it GameFound or Kickstarter? Uh, they're going to launch uh, early March. I think March 8th might be the day, but you know how those things go. Um, but so keep an eye out for it. There's, it's still in development. And I, I think it's just a, a wonderful idea from, um, you know, from the design team all the way to the actual gameplay. I mean, a, a, a different type of uh, dungeon crawl. So there it is, Library Labyrinth. Yeah, I can't wait to see, I can't wait to see that. Um, uh, Gertrude Stein versus, or you know, working with Alice in Wonderland. That's or, I don't know. If, yeah, uh, that's that's very cool. Be brilliant. All right. Well, brilliant. I'm gonna uh, go a little bit more traditional board game. Although I mean, I really love your number okay. ten. I kind of want to switch these. Cool. So our number nine today, folks, is Dead Machine Gods, um, which I know doesn't sound like something that you would normally expect me to talk about. And it is yep. kind of a a, a grim setting. Of, uh, was it a a strategic cyber occult worker placement game? Uh, and um, it, I'm not here for the theme. I'm mostly here for the designer artist Nathan uh, Munier because. Last year, or maybe it was the year before, he put out a game called Doom Machine, and they actually contacted us for me to cover it when it was on Kickstarter. And at the time, I kind of turned my nose up and said, I just don't know if I feel like covering solo games right now. In the time since then, I have really fallen hard in love with playing solo games and filming solo games, and I am so full of regret that I did not cover Doom Machine because it turned out to be so good. And so I am not making that mistake again. I am very much interested in um, Dead Machine Gods. This is a worker, a dice worker placement game. You've got dice. Uh, every, I think each player has three dice. You can play it solo or you can play two-player, and you take turns putting your dice out on the various worker placement spots, which are a bunch of cards, the Nexus, the Heap, the Temple, what have you. And they let you gather resources um, and gather blueprints, effectively, 
for the different types of uh, rituals and um, you know artifacts and whatnot that you want to put into play. So you're doing the worker placement stuff, you know, following you know traditional the you know the kind of stuff you expect from. Oh, I don't know. Um, you know, Voyages of Marco Polo. You know, where oh, I'd roll the dice, but I'm really restricted in where I can put them, and I have to be really smart. And, oh no, that space is blocked. Uh, that looks very, very solid. But what's more interesting is you're doing that to be able to put these cards into play. These cards have to be played in a two by four grid in front of you, and they are all about trying to position correctly so they are next to X, Y, or Z, so they can score lots of points, um, or you know, do set collection sorts of things. And I suspect, again, based on the pre- previous game from Nathan, that uh, this is going to be something really, really sharp. So I'm really keen on giving uh, Dead Machine Gods a go, uh, if for no other reason than to make up for my terrible mistake of a couple of years ago. So that comes in at number nine. Yeah, that looks really cool. I'm always a fan of dice worker placement games. Yeah. And then you add that like tableau builder to it. Oh, that, that looks neat. Mm-hmm. That, that looks really cool. Okay, uh, let's move on here. That was your number eight or number nine. I'm going to do my number eight. Um, let me do this here. Number eight. Hopefully, it'll show up. Okay. Shinjuku. Ah, yes. Shinjuku. Yes. So I saw this. I'm gonna uh, right off the bat. I saw Shinjuku. I was immediately enthralled by it just because the name itself brings back some really nice memories. Really? Uh, Shinjuku, folks, yeah, if you don't know, Shinjuku is the busiest rail station in the world. Uh, It's in Japan, and many years ago, uh, Michelle and I, we went to visit Lauren. Lauren was studying. Your daughter. um, uh, Yeah, she took a year off. Uh, to study abroad in Japan. Uh, so, of course, Michelle and I, hey, this is a perfect opportunity for us to visit Japan. We'll go visit Lauren for a couple of weeks, and we took the train. You take the train everywhere, and Shinjuku is amazing. Uh, it's so different than here in the U.S. Like, Shinjuku, it's like you go in a rail station, and it actually has, like, restaurant. It's almost like a mall, right? It's a big mall, restaurants, shops, and everything. And in the game, you're going to be building stores in Shinjuku. Uh, and that's the, the whole object of the game is to build stores and uh, generate income. Come. It's a network building and pick up and deliver game uh, at its heart. And you're you're you know it's card driven. You're uh, taking two actions. You're going to build a store, expand your rail, upgrade uh, your stores, mm-hmm. or draw uh, cards for income, and then you can move along customers as well. I just uh, you know I, I fell in love with the theme um, right off the bat. And again, positive memories of my our trip to Japan. And I, now I want to play this game because I want to think of all those fun times we had in Shinjuku, going to all those great restaurants and shopping and doing all that. And here we can actually build uh, our own Shinjuku rail station. So that's my number eight. And excellent. And that's coming on crowdfunding, you said, right? Yes. I believe I had originally put this on my most anticipated for Essen Spiel. Because I thought it was actually going to be for sale at Essen, but I guess it wasn't. They probably were just demoing oh. it, and I got it wrong or something like that. Yeah. So this yeah. is a an R&R double whammy, because I put it on a list, <laughs> and now you put it on a list. So I think people definitely need to be on the lookout for Sinjuku. Yeah. Definitely. Sinjuku, that's my number eight. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, then, let's move on to number seven on the list, and that is Saria. Saria. Uh, Did you see Saria when you were looking through all this stuff, Pharrell? There's so many. Now, here's the deal. Saria is a dinosaur park survival game. It feels like we've got a bunch of these. It feels like we've had half a dozen Jurassic Park-inspired board games over the last few years. And more of them are coming. Um, And here's the thing that really caught my eye about Saria. Not that all the other ones aren't really cool, too. Not that I don't love Jurassic Park. Not that I don't like saying, life, ah... 
finds a way, uh, you know, when we're in the middle of the game or what have you. But all the other games always cast you in the role of, of Dr. Hammond. You know, the park administrator, and your job is to hire people and to um, build the pens and, and manage the science. And I don't think people watch Jurassic Park and say, oh, yeah, that's the cool part that I really remember. People remember, you know, Alan Grant and, um, you know, Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum running for their lives from dinosaurs that got out. Saria focuses on that side of the equation. And that really gets me more interesting. Because I'll be honest, if, if, I, if I have one problem with all the other Jurassic Park games out there, it always strikes me as odd that in these games, okay, I do all my building of the park, and then I set it up, and then we open the doors for the customers, and then half the customers get eaten. And then round two, okay, let's try and fix all that, and then open up the doors and more customers show up. And it's like, it, it, it's a fundamentally weird, um, you know, setup for these games. Here, it makes sense. The, the dinosaurs are out, we're just trying to survive. And you can play as a lot of different characters, scientists, tourists, I assume, hunters, and I mean, all the characters have different ways to deal with the dinosaurs, and we are just trying to survive. Like, um, you know, Alan Grant and the rest. And I, I'm sure, yeah. depending on who you are, you have different ways to deal with the creatures. Maybe you can cage them, maybe you can tranquilize them, um, you know, and you have to worry about getting mangled hands and uh, broken legs. So, I, you know, this kind of feels like the diehard element of a Jurassic Park-inspired game, and that gets me interested, quite frankly. That makes me, projects me into the world, rather than being a manager managing the world that is, you know, in a, such a weird state where it constantly resets. So that is why I am very excited about... Um, Number seven, Saria. I, you know, you said something here that really all of a sudden my mind just went bing. Uh, Jurassic World or Jurassic Park meets Die Hard. I love it. I that's my next matchup I want, my friend. Yes, that's uh, yeah, die that's what we Jurassic that's what Park. the world needs. And I mean, I, I do not mean to dismiss. I mean, there are a lot of really great dinosaur park management games. Um, yes. but I mean, I, I'm just excited about this because. It's something different, and uh, yeah. and it, it sounds like something really, really exciting. Okay, so that was number seven. What's number six on our list? Will? Number six. So I so the entire time you're talking about Saria, I'm dying inside, and here's oh my, no, my oh no, six. oh no, my number six. <laughs> Wait for it. Okay. <laughs> my number six is Jurassic World: The Legacy of Isla Nublar. <laughs> <laughs> of course, everything you just talked about yep. is in this game, and but here's why I'm excited about this game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> This is actually so. This is based on the the franchise. The yes, this franchise is this, this is not Jurassic inspired Park. by. This is Jurassic. Park. This is the yeah. real thing. Now, here's the thing that really piqued my interest right off the bat. This is a legacy game. This Ooh, game is played over phone. twelve episodes. Yes, and it's going to recreate some of the events from the movies. But you're going to have your own. Uh, you know, you're going to have the ability to change things. So you will actually play as Doctor Hammond, as uh, Alan Grant, and so forth. But you're, the decisions you make during the game as you, you know, try to uh, uh, grow new dinosaurs and uh, get employees and keep uh, visitors safe, those decisions and whatever happens with those dinosaurs are going to yeah. change the state of the game throughout the entire 12-game uh, uh, com campaign. Wow. So that's why I'm excited about this. I want It's going to be very, you know, cinematic. And, you know, it's from Prospero Hall. Uh, they... Yes. For me, they have a great track record for doing these uh, mass market uh, games on uh, popular IPs. They've done Villainous. Uh, they did uh, Pan Am. Uh, what else did they do? Um, Villainous, Pan Am, uh, the Funkoverse Horrified. games, Jaws, Horrified. Yeah, Back to the Future. No. 
Back to the Future, yeah. yes. So they have a really good track record of mm-hmm. making very accessible games for the general public, but uh, with enough meat on them that I think gamers will appreciate it as well. And that's yep. my uh, number six, Jurassic World, The Legacy of Isla Nublar. You know what? Here's the deal. Everything <laughs> I said in mine was me being kind of snooty because, yeah, I saw The Legacy of, of Isla Nublar, yep. and I thought, oh, this is just another one. And, and of course, Pandasaurus is bringing out Dinosaur World pretty soon yeah. if it's not already out. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of these, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be so smart. I'm going to show how cool and, and clever I am that I came up with you know, this new take. And then all you got to yeah. do is say one word, Legacy, and all of a sudden, I yep. want to throw mine away and go for this one because I love Legacy games. It's right there in the title, and I just didn't even see it. So, okay. It's funny, too. Yeah, yeah. And I had Saria. I, I was ready to talk about Saria, but then I was like, "Oh, look, a legacy uh, dinosaur game. I got to go with that one." You know, <laughs> that is hilarious. Hilarious. Folks, by the way, we have no idea what um, the other is going to choose. We both come up with our own independent top ten. We send it to a friend, a third party, and that person weeds out any duplicates and sends them back to us. And so we are. I mean, I was genuinely surprised. I, I uh, um, and I, I guarantee you, my friend is like uh, laughing to himself because he's like, "Oh, yeah. they're going to trip all over." each other because he's that kind of guy um yeah no that is very very cool um yeah you really got me much more interested in a game that i was like okay well i'm kind of curious because of course i like jurassic park but i got my sorry yep. thing but hey again if you're gonna do something in this space do something really new and original because we've had so many of these now legacy that's fresh that is something that gets me excited too so i i still think that is an excellent call and i don't even mind that it comes in even higher at number six over number seven <laughs> saria okay well then let's move on to number five on the list viscounts of the west kingdom uh and this is an expansion content uh it is oh what is it i uh, i've written down here oh gates of gold and keepers of the key is that right Let's see yes. here. Yes, there we are. Keeper yeah, keepers, right. keeper of the key, and gates of gold. Now, here's the deal, folks. Um, the you know the uh the of the West Kingdom series from designers Shem Phillips and uh, S. J. McDonald and publisher Garpill Games. These have all three of the games, uh, Viscounts and Architects and Paladins, were huge. Uh, super successful games, wildly popular, won tons of award, have fantastic art from the Miko. So, and I loved all of them. They were all very fresh and did interesting things. But I'll be honest, uh, Viscounts is by far my favorite of the series. And so when I saw there's an expansion coming out with two new boxes full of stuff that add new types of building, new types of cards, new types of characters, all that. I mean, I don't really have to talk to Jeremy much about this. Uh, Viscounts of the West Kingdom is a phenomenal game where the entire board is a gigantic rondelle that we are, you know, a rondelle meaning that uh, you, you take your piece and you move clockwise around a big circular thing, moving from um, like space to space to do actions. But this is um, a triple rondelle because it's a rondelle within a, another rondelle within another rondelle. In the center of the rondelle, is the city itself uh, that the Viscounts are trying to protect. On the outskirts is where all of the action happens. On the inside is where you gather resources. It's really thematic. It really puts you into the world. You feel like a character uh, as a Viscount. And uh, and it, and the original game had such fantastic components because the, the castle at the center of the board that fills up with all your vassals is just so satisfying. So more Viscounts? Yes, please. I could not put um, Viscounts, Gates of Gold, and Keeper of the Keys as number Number five on the list. 
Yeah, uh, that the whole series, the West Kingdom series. I mean, Shem Phillips. Anytime he puts out a game, I'm immediately interested. I, yeah. I've loved the North Sea, North North Sea series. I've loved the West Kingdom series. Now it's funny because the Viscounts is probably my least favorite oh, of the really? West Kingdom series. Yeah, I like Paladins, Architects, and Viscounts, but. I'm always willing to play any of his games, and I want to see. I, I'm curious uh, to see how uh, these, uh, what these expansions bring to the uh, base yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. I'm very excited. Yeah. But that was uh, cool. number five. What's number four on the list, Ralph? Number four on the list. Let me uh, get ready here. So this one is number four is Illiterati. Mm, I, I was, excellent. I was really, I, I was really afraid to to say that name. I'm not going to lie. Illiterati. <laughs> you want to look illiterate. <laughs> When you talked about it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, this is from uh, Gap, uh, the team from Gap Closer Games. Who's that? Uh, they previously released a game called Rival Restaurants, which is a real-time oh. cooking game. Okay, yeah, they've taken the. They're gonna. Uh, they're gonna doing another real-time game here with Illiterati, but it's a real-time cooperative word game. And right there. Mm-hmm. I am all in, folks. Uh, word game, cooperative game, a real time. Yeah, like three minutes to uh, spell words using cards, uh, letters, and words. Uh, and the thing is, here you're actually battling as a team against you know villains. And as you play words, you know you're going to knock them out. But the letters that you do not use in a round go against you, and that's going to help the villains get stronger. And there's going to trigger some events as well that are going to that are going to harm you. So you need to get through all the rounds. And then you're going to fight like the boss monster. I think it's called like the final chapter or whatever. And that's where all the players work together again to, uh, you know, defeat the villain. But in the final chapter, everyone has to defeat them at the, at, in one uh, time. So I think it's sort of like, uh, from what I understand, it's cooperative until that very last um, round. And then everyone really? really has to focus on themselves. Yeah. Wow. So that's a little rotty. Um, I'm a huge fan of word games, paperback, and then like the paperback adventures that's supposed to be coming out. That's an awesome game. Oh, it is. It's um, fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. And this sort of reminded me of that, uh, but w- with a real time twist to it. Uh, so that's a little rotty from uh, Gap Closer Games. Yeah, that is, a, that is an interesting one. Of course, now, real time gaming is not for everybody, obviously. Correct. But you think Correct. it's going to work out pretty well. I mean, I guess it helps that for the majority of the game, it's a cooperative game. So yes. you know, we're working together. So that, that, that tension can be spread around amongst everybody and get you warmed yeah. up for that last round. Yeah, and that's uh, now I didn't, uh, you know, I don't think the full rule book rule book is here. But from what I remember, the, what they did with Rival Restaurants, it was real time. But then there was like um, uh, the there was like real time for one part of the game, and then there's a lot of like uh, not real time right. elements yeah. as well. So you can sort of plan out stuff and then you know go through the game. So I'm wonder, I'm curious to see if that's how it's going to be for a little Roddy as well, where that's got some little downtime. But uh, anyways, I'm definitely going to pick this one up. I, I I love word games. Michelle and I enjoy word games, and in fact. Fun fact, Michelle and I, when we started dating, Scrabble was our go-to back in the day. But now we play all kinds of different word games. So yeah. that's my number four, Illiterati. Excellent. I'm glad you put that on. I saw it, and I thought mm-hmm. about it, because I, for the longest time, was a guy who said, yeah, oh, word games, can't stand them. Ugh, Scrabble brings me back, gives me um, you know, uh, hives and uh, you know, uh, stress from when I was a kid trying to play with grown-ups and just feeling like an idiot and stuff like that. Um, but then yeah. paperback really turned me around on that. Uh, you know, nice. it's, it's such a breath of fresh air, and now I love the idea of merging really cool Euro mechanisms with word games. And so, and this looks fantastic. I didn't know the pedigree that they've already done this and done it well, so they're building on yeah. strengths. So that all sounds fantastic. I'm glad. I'm glad it's on the list. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. cool. Then let's continue on to number three on our list, folks. We're we're getting close to the end. So let's talk about Solar One Seven Five. Shall we? Okay. Yes. Here's the deal, folks. 
This is our second legacy game for the day. Uh, apparently, Ruel and I are cuckoo for legacy, and uh, I'm very, very excited about this. It is uh, corporations compete in a dark dystopia. What are you uh, willing to do to win? Okay, I admit, I'm not crazy about the dystopia thing after um, I talked so rhapsodically about um, the utopia that's on my board, but I'll accept a dystopia. It's fine. It's fine. We can be a little bitter about the future instead of excited about the future. But what I am excited about this game is the fact that it is a legacy game. Oh, and apparently there are no pictures. All right, then we will just stick with the box art, which is very nice looking. No pictures on Board Game Geek. That's a shame. But um, this is a legacy game. This is, well, imagine Orléans as a legacy game. Mm, yeah, that's what we've got nice. here. This game definitely takes inspiration from um, you know the one of the biggest modern Euro classics of the last decade. Orléans was such a huge hit for DLP. Um, you know, Orléans I think is going to be getting a new super deluxe version coming out this year. Later on in the year, people still love Orléans. People, I mean, are playing it, talking about it. It's expanding all the time because its core gameplay was so fantastic. Really popularized the idea of bag-building worker placement. Solar 175 is a bag-building worker placement competitive game as well, set in a future Blade Runner-style world where game after game after game, more stuff is unlocked. The world changes. It evolves in permanent ways. And for folks who are worried about it, this is not one of those legacy games where after it's done, you throw it in the trash. After it's done, you have made a final Finalized, unique version of the world that you will be able to continue to play, like you can continue to play Orléans. So I love Orléans to death. I haven't seen any new Orléans stuff for a while. Um, and honestly, I mean, I did have some problems with some of the design elements of Orléans that were never really cleaned up. So I'm really excited about Solar 175 for a new um, group of designers to take a stab at that core idea and do new interesting things. Like one thing I do know that is very different is it includes a uh, an area control game as well. That that's a sizable portion of, of the game, which, of course, was not part of the original Orleans. So I look forward to seeing what else is going to be available in a number three, Solar 175. Yeah, this one was actually on my list as oh, well. Oh, was it? And, okay. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, it, it was high up on my list, and I'm glad that you covered it because bag building, legacy game, yep, I'm in, immediately interested. And I love the sci-fi theme as well. So, yeah, that, that one looks so good. Cool. Okay. All right, well, Let's number two. Number two. Number- my number two, uh, let me update this here. Okay. All right, my number two coming up is Last Light. Okay. I am fired up about this game, uh, friends. So this is actually from Roy Kennedy of the uh, Kennedy of the Dice Tower. Oh, is this Roy's uh, game? First... Yeah, this is Roy's game. Oh my gosh! It's a it's a four X game. Now, here's the thing with four X games. When I think four X games, of course, I think about my favorite game of all time, Twilight Imperium, and an all day affair. What Roy has done here has taken the Forex experience and streamlined it down to a 60 to 90 minute game. And I am so fired up about this. It's got 3D planets, a rotating board. You've got simultaneous action play. I know you like that simultaneous yes. action, uh, Rado. Uh, so you're going to mine for resources, explore planets, uh, gain tech, and then uh, command your fleets to uh, go around the uh, and take over the galaxy. Um, I, you know, this type of game, it's it's everything I like about gaming. It's uh, obviously it's a little more in your face than uh, other types of games, but 
16 to 90 minutes, folks. You usually don't get that in 4X games. You know, I'm thinking, again, Twilight Imperium takes all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one that I really enjoy is uh, Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea. And I know that Roy's a big fan of that game. Mm. And that one t- usually takes a few hours as well. So I'm excited for Roy. Again, it's, I believe it's his f- very first design. It's been picked up by Gray Fox Games, and it's coming to Which Kickstarter. Which is a great publisher, by the way. The folks at Gray yes. Fox, they put out fantastic games. After the Empire last year, that was a mm-hmm. big hit and an incredibly well-produced game, too. So, I mean, you look yeah. at this and you say, oh, there's a lot of complex literal moving pieces here but you can feel pretty yeah. confident that gray fox is going to be able to pull it off yeah yeah so i'm excited for roy and i'm excited for last light that is my number two on our games top 10 crowdfunding games that is very cool yeah i i, I remember that uh, hearing that roy candidate like roy candy the, the 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 skinny guy the spiky haired guy yeah. from dice tower <laughs> um and uh yeah and so I, i've heard very very good things about this and i, I totally Same. forgot about it. I, I admit i saw this and i saw a 4x and like, oh, okay, at least it's only an hour yeah. long, but it's still four hours of the exterminating part. But of course, as you yeah. said, you love that stuff. You want to marry yeah. it. You love so much. So yeah, yeah that makes uh, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, make no mistake at all. That seems like a perfect game for you. And I'm sure it is going to be a fantastic game for, uh, for uh, what do you call it? Uh, Gray Fox as well. Nice choice. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Well, folks, if you've made it this far, you're probably curious. What's number one? I'm not going to belabor. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm talking about number one uh, of the list today is Outsiders. And that, I think, is going to surprise people because, what? I follow games. I know what's coming up. I I don't know of a game called Outsiders. Uh, That's because it was formerly known as Gaijin. And this is a new game coming from Awaken Realms. Uh, it will not be on Kickstarter. It will be on uh, GameFound. Uh, not surprising because it's coming from Awaken Realms. And this is a cyberpunk future world where, well, it is more of the Blade Runner, but at least it's colorful Blade Runner. And um, there are two maps that we're playing in. There is the city map, the meat world that we're moving around. And at the same time, we're also dealing with the cyber world. There's a network map. And I think that's what originally captured my attention with this game when I when I first saw it many many months ago and this has been uh, coming for a long time uh, you know there, there's a huge number of people here on GameFound who have already marked that they are following it because uh, because they're excited when they get it. and by the way folks if you also follow it I'm not going to put my email address on uh, screen for everybody to see if I were to follow it you uh, if you're at all interested in this definitely follow it uh, you can follow the links down in the show notes to get to the page where you can follow and by the way there are links for all the games we've talked about today I should have said down in the show notes below if you want I know more about any of these games. Uh, anybody who follows is going to get, where is it? It's somewhere on here, a free bonus add-on. Okay, it's not on here. It's on a different page. But there is a free bonus add-on that you can get that otherwise, if you uh, try to back during the show, it'll be, uh, you'll have to pay a little bit extra. It's like an extra board that keeps track of stuff for you and whatnot. So that's very, very exciting. Um, what I'm really more excited about than anything else in this game, well, I do love, you know, the the, the huge splashes of color and all that, is these two boards. Because um, I'm a big Stefan Feld fan. And not a lot of people remember Aquasphere. Uh, you know, uh, I think it's a fantastic oh. design, but one of his lesser knowns. Have you ever played Aquasphere? I love Aquasphere. Yeah, I, I even, love Aquasphere. I enjoy, I, I, yeah, I remember that game, and I, they also did a Roll and Write version of yes, it. They you remember, yes, they uh, did. Yes, that's true. Yeah. yeah, and both of those yeah. games, the central conceit of them was that there were literally two different games going on simultaneously because you had the programmer 
who was uh, you know programming the AI for your underwater base, and then you had the scientist who was actually in the underwater base. And these were like two different games that you had to deal with simultaneously. You had to make sure your program was setting stuff up for your scientist. You had to make sure your scientist was doing all the stuff that the programmer set them up for. And that synchronicity between both sides of your brain almost just tickled my fancy. And I've seen very, very few games that do it. So when I saw that Outsiders was doing it, I was very, very excited indeed. I have not put this on... We, I mean, I've seen this months ago. I could have put this on previous episodes of, of you know, the R&R. We're excited about upcoming Kickstarters. But there's two things. One, I think it's actually coming now. I think uh, they're going to be launching in February. So, you know, six months ago, it was a long ways off. So it was too early to talk about it. But two, uh, totally as an aside, I am very excited about the fact that um, Awaken Realms took feedback from the audience who, uh, there were a lot of folks who were very concerned about the term gaijing, which um, in Japanese language is a uh, it, it, it's a controversial term, let's say. Strictly speaking, it just means outsiders. That's what it translates to. But in common usage, it is a very othering word that is used to divide and separate people. Uh, it is actually a very charged word in regular Japanese language, so much so that they don't say it on the evening news. It's, it's kind of banned from network television because that's just not a thing you say in polite company. And when um, Awaken Realms, uh, you know, they actually went out and they consulted with Japanese language experts in their own country. And they said, yeah. Oh, they said, well, you know what? Yes. Even though we've already pumped money into the marketing for this game and we've done, you know, mock-ups for everything, we put a lot of money here. We think it's the right thing to do. So officially, they just announced this morning that they are changing the name to Outsider or Outsiders. And, um, and I was like, bravo. Well done. I was already excited about the gameplay. Now I'm excited uh, about the the steps that the publisher has taken to make sure it's as opening and inviting a game for everybody as possible. So, I mean, that's just, that is a great way to ring in the new year as far as I'm concerned. I I agree 100%. Yeah, that's, you know, again, I'm loving the fact that publishers are listening and, you know, doing the right thing. I I just, I I love that. And yeah, I'm excited about this game too, um, especially with the new title and everything. But uh, the game just looks cool and I, I can't wait to play it. Yeah, awesome. Well, that's it, folks. 10 very, very cool games. Uh, Publishers, call us. We are obviously interested in these games. Um, (laughs) Plus a whole bunch more that are going to be covered by me and Ruel and Shay on the channel over the next few weeks. So uh, 2022 is starting out with a bang. And you know what? It can start off a bang with you too if you caught one of us saying the secret word, Cage. Did you hear it, folks? If so, send that e- what game was it? Send the name of that game as a subject to contest at rotto.com and you can win a copy of really one of my most of everything we just talked about. I, I'm so over the moon excited about Origins New World because of that new co-op mode. While it still huh. holds on to all its teeth, if that's what you want. So yeah. uh that's it, folks. Uh Ruel, you got any closing words before we say goodbye to the folks? No, just, uh, I'm just, you know, as we did this episode, you know, talking about the games, I'm like, I am really excited. I think, again, it's just coming off the holiday, you know, we're refreshed, and now we've got all these great new games to look forward to. I'm pumped. It's going to be a great 2022, my friend. Okay, yeah, I think so too. And that's it, folks. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again in another month with another list of very, very cool upcoming crowdfunding games. And I want to say thanks, everybody, for watching. Have a nice day. Talk to you later. So long. Uh, bye bye